The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Talking Bradley Cooper and his massive nose. And to do that, we're joined by John Fardy, host of Screen Time, which has, I believe, this weekend, world heavyweight champion and one of the greats, it has to be said, of all time, a very large man who's light on his feet, Tyson Fury. Yeah, indeed. And his wife, Paris, on their new show at home with the Furies, where he let the cameras in for nine episodes. Well, he tried to buy Blackpool Airport. <laughs> I've got a second private jet. There's all sorts of stuff in it. The man is, is a mercurial fellow, but, but a fascinating guy. What was very strange was, because I did it last week, I'd been watching this show and he's this very obvious beard. He's very bearded when you see him. And he popped up on the screen beside his wife and he'd no beard. And I was like, who's that guy? <laughs> like it took a while to, I think he thought I was something. Anyway. Screen time, 6pm. You got it. Now, Bradley Cooper and his massive nose. Yes. Explain this. This he's he's in the Maestro, which is the Leonard Bernstein story. Yeah, the uh, biopic of sorts, taking a bit of his life, and he's getting into character. So he's chosen from the photos that have emerged to get a prosthetic nose to make him look more Bernstein esque. Now, the problem with this is Bernstein was Jewish. And you don't need me to tell you there might be a certain stereotype that people of that ethnic, religious, sometimes, rightly or wrongly, it's seen, sometimes have larger noses. So this is very problematic. Now, in Bradley Cooper's defence, the Bernstein family are very much behind his performance and have said he did have a nose shaped like that. So what's the problem? Uh, But it is problematic because I mean you would have thought Bradley Cooper who's a smart guy and lives a very kind of clean life I I was with someone who interviewed him once and he couldn't have been a nicer individual and has let go of the Hollywood trappings to a certain extent as far as I could tell you would have thought this was a no-brainer not to do with this I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong but I think it was an obvious own goal Why is it necessary? Because I would have thought I mean a bit like Killian Murphy Killian Murphy? It is Killian Murphy There was a man called Killian Indeed, Murphy. playing Oppenheimer. Yes. You need to look a bit like the guy. Yeah. But we're not looking for absolute mimicry no. in our... So why bother? Exactly. That would be my take as well. Now, and we haven't heard Bradley Cooper's clear explanation of this. Occasionally, and, and this is what we're going to talk about this morning, putting on those little tropes physically can help a person get into character. And that's what a lot of these Hollywood actors are about. So they like these crutches. And when they look in the mirror and they see themselves turning into this person, it greatly helps. Now, the the upside of that is the kind of misquoted story from the Marathon Man where Laurence Olivier turned to Dustin Hoffman, who'd been out running for seven hours or something to get into character and said, try acting, dear boy. Now, that might be apocryphal. I've heard too many varying stories. There was some kind of truth in that. He may have intimated to him, you don't need to method act that much. You know. So who are the ones who are the best examples of wearing their way into the character? Well, to me, the the one that always comes to mind with a lot of people is the late, great Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire. And that's that's a nice movie. It's kind of become almost cliched now because it was it was it was such a big hit but that took hours in the dressing room in case you don't know in Mrs Doubtfire he dresses up as his prospective kids nanny to be with his children because he's not seeing as much of them because of a messy divorce and she becomes this kind of Scottish lady and it was a, in the movie he just puts his head he just puts sorry went off mic there and the first time on the radio he just puts his head in a bowl seemingly and it's done in 20 minutes it took four hours and a minimum every day and people forget Robin Williams was 
a stickler for that kind of stuff. He devoted himself to the graph. And it was very effective because he looks like Mrs. Doubtfire. There must have been, and I, I mean no disrespect to the man, this is by his own description, there must have been a lot of shaving involved because Robin Williams is one of the hairiest people to have, and like he said it himself, he's an extra, he looks like he's wearing a fur coat all the time. He's an extremely hairy man. Or he was, I should say. He, he, and he did funny things. He famously, it's early in the morning, but he went into a sex shop in California dressed like that to see what would happen. Uh, As Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, exactly. Just because it, it was kind of so convincing and apparently they recognised him though. There you go. <laughs> Every now and then though, you get one where the actor himself disappears. Colin Farrell springs oh. to mind in one of the Batman movies where he played the Penguin. You would have no idea that was Colin Farrell under all the makeup. I am not just saying this for the purposes of radio, but I genuinely came out of that movie going, I'm not sure who Colin Farrell was in that. Well, because, as a reminder, this is what it sounded like. Oh, yes. Look, I'm just a proprietor, okay? Not what people do here. So it didn't even sound vaguely like Alan Farrell either. No, not at all. But it looked nothing like him. Like it, it's if you haven't seen that, it's it's shocking just how good he was at that. And again, it took hours. But to the point that people on set didn't know who he was. They thought this was strange guy showing up. And then because they were doing kind of what you call it, uh, pre-production work and stuff, and they were all slowly getting into character. And they were wondering, who's this guy in the corner kind of? So he went very deep and he was great in it. Hats off to him on that. But, but what's the point if you're a director in hiring? Because Colin Farrell comes with a certain cachet. He mm -hmm. is a famous guy who mm -hmm. is good to have in the movie. What's the point in having a famous actor and so obscuring their identity that nobody can spot them? Well, you would say that's pure craft in a way because the fact that he's not that identifiable means he must be doing something because he nailed it. He was brilliant in it. Plus, actors like to do that kind of thing. Ah, I steady. was so good you didn't even know who I was. Even you know? the most notable one, of course, the De Niro transformation for Raging Bull. Yeah. You still knew it was De Niro. No, that's true. That's true. But you know what? It creates a real buzz about the movie and in every interview he was asked about that, you know? So I, I, I can see the logic in as well. And I think as well it's nice for these people. Colin Farrell is a very recognisable person at this stage. It is nice for these people to disappear occasionally, you know? To some extent, do you think the reason Colin Farrell wanted to do it was because of his general hotness? Because Colin Farrell, you know, he just wakes up being hot. He's in the movies, he's hot. There's no other way around it. Whereas he gets to be not hot under the makeup. A bit like... Um, what's Me, it? yeah. Uh, yeah. Indeed you. Um, Charlize Theron in Monster. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Now that was... We'll move on to Charlize Theron. Uh, there might be something in that with, with his hotness, but Charlize Theron in Monster was brilliant. And the thing about that is she was playing this uh, prostitute turned serial killer. And the thing about Which that... Which is true. This is the Elizabeth Warren... Or Eileen Warnos story. Exactly. Sorry, Eileen Warnos. And the thing about that is that there wasn't a huge amount of prosthetic stuff. It was her doing strange stuff with her hair, shading her teeth, kind of, I don't want to say not washing, but but just very much dressing down and no makeup and stuff like that. So it wasn't a huge, like four hours in the chair. They stained her teeth and stuff like that. That is a remarkable performance and how the hair looked and the scragginess of which she brought it. That, that was absolutely brilliant. Now, that was a lesson in, in serious acting without too much of, of the stuff going on. You mentioned the De Niro one. That was to the point of, we're talking about Raging Bull where he played Jake LaMotta. And he gained, I think it was three stone or four stone. They were worried about him 
Like he got to a very unhealthy place in order to do that. But I mean, to me, the results are on the screen. Which Farrell, Colin Farrell did as well in The Lobster. He threw mm. on, I mean, he was yeah. drinking ice cream to try to throw on 50 or 60 pounds. And of course, then the reverse of that is Christian Bale. Oh, Remember yeah. in The Machinist? In the machinist. That, that was horrifying. Yeah, that, was scary. So. that was scary. Now, now, Bale seems to be of the method type, uh, you know. But And of course, we have to mention, and I suppose it brings us back to the whole idea about, uh, you know, uh, representation and Bradley Cooper because there is this argument, you know, should a Jewish person in the first place have been playing Leonard Bernstein but Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot. Now, I know he didn't, you know... No, but it was an extraordinary physical transformation. An extraordinary physical transformation. And for a lot of kids seeing that for the first time, we heard about method acting, what this was, because you know he was he was legendary in terms of being in character for a long time. Now, he said he, he took his foot off the pedal when kids and a wife came along and all, because, you know, it's hard to be that guy if you're being daddy as well. But he was remarkable. But in this day and age, there would be an argument made should... Uh, 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 a non-disabled actor uh, play a disabled Exactly. Character. Sorry, yes, you said it much better than I did. Texan Colin Farrell looked so incredibly different in The mm. Batman. I wonder, is there a disincentive for an actor if you're going to be in a film and it doesn't even look like you? And I assume that means in sort of career terms. No, things are changing. Look at historical shows like Bridgerton or Becoming Elizabeth, where characters who are white in real life yeah. are being played by excellent black actors. Yeah. The best actor should get the role because they will do the best job and not because they are the same race or religion of the character that they are playing, which of course is tiptoeing into a minefield. Yes. Another one of the best of all time, Jamie Foxx playing Ray Charles. Oh, yeah. Gl- glued his eyes shut for the movie. Did he? Did he glue his eyes shut for the movie? I, I, I've heard that before. Al Pacino, when he did Scent of a Woman, which I, people think is a hokey movie. I love it though. You're out of all of us. Whole places. Hoo-ha, Charlie. Oh, yeah. Hoo-ha. But he did a blind man very well. But he said for months afterwards, he found it hard to blink because he had that death stare for ages. So uh, these these guys go deep in that. But can I just say on that texture, who said they're they're right, and I don't want to open a can of worms here. But he says he, opening okay. a can of worms. <laughs> Hand me that tin opener. No, but what's very interesting, I'm just putting it out there, is in Bridgerton you do have uh, black actors playing white characters, which I'm all for. But the opposite would not be tolerated. You could not have someone, a white person playing Malcolm X, for instance. There would be uproar. Now, I'm not saying that's not right. I mean, I think that's probably the case. I think Hollywood owes, you know, African-Americans that. But it is, it is strange. And it's always tricky then, even when you get to things like nationalities, because if you take Churchill was played in the... Uh, the Darkest Queen. Hour. No, no, in, in The Queen by What's-His-Features, who had been in World According to Garp and Third Rock from the Sun. What's your man? Big uh, tall fella. John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Uh, who, of course, is American, so yes. paying the most significant. Although I suppose Churchill then did get the American citizenship, so maybe he gets a buy on that one. But Gary Oldman famously did a complete transformation for that. Absolutely amazing. To the point that apparently he contracted nicotine poisoning because of the amount of cigars he smoked. They said, look, Gary Oldman's a great actor, but he looks nothing like Churchill. How are we going to make this work? And by God, did they make it work? Because he is Churchillian in every sense of that word when you see him. There's nothing patriotic in fighting to the end. Now is the time to negotiate. When will the lesson be learned? You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. I take full responsibility. Really? Really, yes, sir. It is the reason I sit in this chair. He did the accent well as well. Is, yeah. is it any good? 
Oh, The Darkest Hour. Yeah, I think so. I think it's great. He won an Oscar for it. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a really good movie. Just for his performance alone. It's absolutely wonderful. Before I let you go, have you any tattoos? I don't, know. I'm, I, I, I'm unadorned. Yeah, me and my wife were talking about something a while ago that we'd both get the same. Well, that sounds a bit low. Uh-huh. I don't have any tattoos. <laughs> okay. I don't have any tattoos. Would that Nothing I had more time to explore that one. John, thank you so much and we look forward to hearing you and Tyson Fury this evening on thank Screen you. Time at 6pm. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.